0: Que lo que hay, mi gente. How we doing? It's been a bit. It's been a bit. It's an honor once again. Once again, I just want to thank the leadership at Next Step Community Church, what they continue to do to make these days possible for us. So I am once again honored. I am uh, Pastor Gus Rodriguez. I'm one of the pastors here. um, And I am so grateful again uh, to be here before you. Um, I... uh, Left 80 degree weather, and the minute that I got off the plane, I had a rude awakening, and uh, I've been battling a cold since then. So bear with me. I want to thank everybody again for being here. Um, I don't want to be anywhere else. You know, when I'm here, I'm here. Um, This is my home, and I am so grateful to be here with you guys. I'm going to share a word with you today that um, has kind of blown up inside me personally because uh, there's something you have to understand that the men that stand before you when they bring forth God's word, we're not telling you something. We're living it with you. Like we're, we're a part of this. We are flawed individuals who are trying to live out this life to the best of our ability. But I want you to know that the answer to everything that ails our society is Jesus. Jesus. Whatever it is you're going through. As I listen to you tell me about your problems, I can't wait to interject, Jesus. As you're having conversations and you're weeping and you're crying, I can't wait to tell you, Jesus. Where is Jesus in your life? I, uh, in the mid-70s, got this brilliant idea at the age of 15 that I was going to drop out of high school. Brilliant. Absolutely amazing idea. I uh, went to my mother and told her. And my mom always, the sage that she is uh, in Spanish, she said, tu vida. A lo que tu Just simply, it's your life. Do what you want. Now, I think my mom was just playing the odds between, because between her and my father, there were 13 of us. So she figured, hey, me messes up, I got 12 more. <laughs> right. So, I went to my dad, and I told my dad, and my dad is always, you know, what's your plan? Plan? <laughs> I don't have a plan. <laughs> I figured I'd keep doing what I was doing, right? Now, at that time, now they call it cannabis, marijuana, CBD. I grew up, it was pop. That's it. No fancy name. You don't know, have to articulate this whole thing. That's all I was doing. A month into my brilliant plan and menial jobs, I decided I'm going to take my GED, got my GED, passed it by one point. Talk about fate. Three years passed, I'm doing all these menial jobs, and somebody comes up to me and says, hey, you know, different to a job and a career is you got to go to college. And I was like, I go to college. <laughs> Signed up, I took a test, entrance exam at that time. Now they let anybody get it. Back then, took an entrance exam, I took an entrance exam, and they said, hey, join, you know, come on in. And I was so excited about doing it, I told my mother and father, and they looked at me like, like they knew something that I didn't know. A month into it, I'm doing it, and then all of a sudden, I'm like, man, I know this is what matters most. I know that this is what's most important that I should be doing. But I wasn't giving it my best. I wasn't. I wasn't giving it my 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 energy. Despite the fact that this is something that needed a commitment from me, I was unable to do it because there was something else that attracted me. It was the streets. The streets provided me with instant gratification. This college thing was two years, three years, four years. Every semester, writing papers and all that stuff. A month into it, I quit. There are things in our lives that require a commitment. That some of us are just not ready to give. We go into relationships talking about 50-50. I don't know what that means. Is that like a lotto, like 50-50, like you put a dollar on it, and you get a, like, I don't understand people going into relationships saying, well, you know, you do 50%, I do 50%. The same thing with work. Some of us go into work, and, and you know, we show up late. You know, we take mental health days. Come on now. All right, that's what we call it these days. Like, you know, like we have to be honest, there are things in our lives that require a certain commitment. And a lot of times, that which has long-term reward, we sacrifice for short-term satisfaction. And we have to be mindful that just like that song about foundation and being rooted and being established, it requires something of us. Now. I can probably pass the mic here, and you all can talk about procrastination. I hope none of you have set up any resolution in this room, okay? Because we're two weeks into this. (laughs) Fifteen days after today, you'll have 350 days to figure this out, to realign your focus, to give up some stuff, and focus on what matters most. If you're anything like me, as the new year came in, I had to like really look back at my year. I had some ugly moments, some moments where I veered off the beaten path, made some crazy decisions. Again, me. I'm not saying God, because God ain't crazy. But any now and then that I would step into, just like I had a brilliant idea at the age of 15 to drop out of school, every now and then i make some decisions that are not what God wants for me. I'm almost sure that a lot of us in this room have done that. Some of you probably find yourself right now at that precipice, that pivotal moment where you have to decide what you want to do and not want to do. I have a word for us today. God will remind us about what is most important. Now, this is a new year. Everybody understand what that means? I don't think you do, but I'm glad you asked, so I'm going to tell you anyway. (laughs) There is this mindset of it being a new year or another year. You ask some people who are in it, and they'll be, oh, it's just another year. Because the attitudes from last year you're bringing into a new year. It makes no sense. That's past. So, so here's my concern, and this is why it's so important for you to listen. It's so important for you to listen to them because God has a word for us today. And what I'm concerned about is that because you think it's another year, you're going to keep doing the same thing, expecting different results. In this new year, you have to do something new. You have to do something different. You can't keep doing the same thing. You can't keep running back to that old behavior, that old thing. You can't look up your old boyfriend just because you're feeling lonely in the new year. (laughs) You have to understand that this new year is going to require you to commit yourself to the things that are before you, to involve yourself in what matters most. Now, God, who is infinite in his wisdom, knows this. And this is the big deal. God knows that a divided heart lacks commitment. Say that again. God knows that a divided heart lacks commitment. When I signed up for school, my heart was divided. There was something that provided for me this instant gratification, this feeling of euphoria that this going to school every single day, punching the clock and doing that stuff, wasn't providing. That over here was long term. This was short. This felt better. And some of us are into that short term stuff. We take shortcuts. But, but you know, right, that anything that comes quickly and comes easy, it's not going to yield the results you want. So with that said, we're going to be looking at a scripture. We're going to be looking at the, what God has to say about this. One of them is in Exodus chapter 20. That's where God gives his people what I consider a love letter. Many look at it as uh, laws and, and, you know, things to check off that I got to do, I got to do this, I got to do that. But but you can't do it because I've tried, right? Like I've tried on my own to do this. And I got to tell you that the only way that I've been able to stop some of my behaviors, right, is that I found something that's better. And it's Jesus, like, like I've, I've, I've found something that's much, much better. Christ has to be sufficient for you. If he is not sufficient for you, you would reach for other things to satisfy your yearnings. Before I go to chapter 20 in the book of Exodus, I want to go to chapter 19. and we all stand to our feet, I'll read this. Exodus 19, verses 2 through 6. It says, So Israel camped there before the mountain. Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel, You have seen what I did to the Egyptians, and how I bore you on eagles' wings, and brought you to myself. Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice, and keep my covenant, Then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. That is the reading of God's word. You may be seated. Before we get to this mountain moment where God is about to speak to His people, we have to look back to see how is it that they got to this place. The people of God were enslaved for 430 years. Read the story. some of you have seen the movie. Charleston Heston, da. Brenner got it. OK? Great movie, but not biblically. So, so we see this happening. They're in slavery for 30 years, and he delivers them. He raises up a guy by the name of Moses to go and speak to the person that's in charge of keeping his people enslaved. And what begins to happen is God, listen to me, God. power shows up on their behalf. Now stay with me, because God's power showed up on your behalf. You're not here by coincidence or by might. You didn't do this. You didn't get yourself here. God was moving in your life from the very beginning, trying to get your attention, trying to get you to realize, I am the one that's going to keep you. I am the one that's going to provide for you. He does this for them. As he leads them out, he's leading them somewhere. He's leading them to a better place. In fact, it says, I'm going to take you to a land flowing with milk and honey. And in doing this, as they're traveling, he provides for them. When they're hungry, he gives them manna from the sky. When they're thirsty, they strike a rock and they drink water. When they get tired of eating manna from the sky, which is just bread that he provides for them, he gives them quail. You want meat? I'll give you meat. While they're traveling, he protects them. The Bible says that their clothes never wore out souls soles of their shoes never wore out. This is where he gets to the place. He's trying to take a people who are not a people and make them a nation that will honor him. And the world out there will know those in here love Jesus. But there's only one way to do that. We have to commit to those things that matter most. And in this new year, you have to go and decide. You have to trim the fat. That's it. Um, don't, don't, I, I got I to bring that back, I got to bring that back, right, you got to trim that which is not helpful to you, okay, like you have to understand that, right, I, I love watching my wife cook because when she does, she goes through this whole process of, of cleaning the, the meat, so everything that's not good for me is off of it. And it's important for us to understand in this year, this new year, you must commit to that which matters most. In Isaiah, it says this, and I'm going to read the text. If it's up on the screen, you can put it up there so we can read it. Isaiah says this in chapter 55, verse 6. It says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Like I think about that verse, to seek the Lord where he may be found, and I'm thinking, is there going to be a time in which we won't be able to find him? That he will not be available this way, right? And Jeremiah 29.13 says this, You shall seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. There is scripture that talks about how it is that God wants us to serve him. With all our hearts, all our minds, all our soul, all our strength. You know what the word all means? All. (laughs) It's all. It's not you giving God a little bit. So he does this with his people and he brings them to this place and he says, the first thing I want you to do is I want you to remember what I've done for you. Pause for a moment. Because you need to remember what God has done for you. Again, you didn't get here by coincidence. When I looked at last year, I realized, oh boy, God was there. Despite my mishaps, God was there. God was caring for me and protecting me. It could have been worse, but God was there. God looked out for me. God provided. God's power showed up for me strong. So you have to be mindful that God is always at work. And in their lives, he was at work. In your life, he's always at work. You may not see it. You may not feel it because we're feeling, touchy people. We need to feel it and see it. And blessed are those who have not seen yet believe. So so that's the faith, right? I believe in this blessed assurance that I have that God is with me. God is for me. God will not forsake nor abandon me. That when I am weak, he will make me strong. So, So there are things that are available to me because of the person of Jesus Christ. So, so he does this with these people, and he brings them to this place now, because what he's trying to do is he's trying to take a people that were not a people, a people who were wayward, a people who didn't want to know about God, me. I didn't want to know about God. I didn't want nothing to do with God. I thought he was too distant, too busy to, to deal with me. Not only that, but some stuff had happened that I questioned, where was God? Right? And I'm sure that some of you would probably have questioned that as well. So, But if I look at my life where I am today, everything that happened happened for a reason. God was moving and shaking and making it possible for me to be able to look up to him and honor him with my life. Now, again, like I said, I'm in this with you. I don't have a halo. I don't have wings popping out my back. I don't walk on water, catch me on a bad day. You know, like you know, I have these moments. Can I be honest? But I also have the Holy Spirit within me, which convicts me. And before, I didn't care. Now, when something happens in my life that seems a little off, the Holy Spirit says, yo, what you doing? No, go ahead. (laughs) And I'm like, yo, stop that. (laughs) (laughs) but, But serious, like, he constrains me. He challenges me. He provokes me. And that's what he's trying to do in this year in our lives. And I know it's the very beginning of the year, and everybody's happy with two weeks into it. No, listen to me, you have 350 days left. And stuff is going to happen. It's not if, it's when. So we have to apply ourselves to what matters most. So when the storms of our lives come, we are on a firm foundation, a tried foundation. The chief cornerstone. The answer is always? answer is? Jesus. Jesus. Come on, you passed the test. Okay? So here he is now, and he's about to do this. In Exodus chapter 20 is where you find the Ten Commandments. I'm not going to cover them all. I want to just focus on the first one. Because the first one tells us this. It says this. And God spoke all these words saying this, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Now, you have to understand what that means to me personally and what I hope it means to you personally. God is the one that got me out of that mess. God is the one that got me out of that addiction. God is the one that got me out of that habit, that situation, that circumstance. So God always wants to remind us, it wasn't you. You're giving credit to the wrong things. It's, it's me. It's always been me. It's always been me. God is always wants to have a relationship with his creation, and that is you. But you're too busy. There are too many things vying for your attention. You're giving your energy to the wrong things. Now, here's the mistake we make. We take a good thing and make it an ultimate thing. That's where the problem comes in. There's nothing wrong with work. It's a good thing. But now, when you, because of your wayward worries, feel, I got to work because I need money, you should have never gotten a credit card. You were happy to borrow somebody's money. You didn't realize they are going to charge you 35%. Might as well just gotten a loan shark. <laughs> right? We make a good thing an ultimate thing. And that creates a problem. We pursue short-term satisfaction because the long-term doesn't appeal to us as much. When it comes to the things of God, there's an eternal impact that we can have. There are things about eternity that we still trying to figure out. We pray the prayer that kingdom come, that will be done on earth as it is in heaven, and forget the fact that we are the ones that God wants to use to make them known to the world. Someone told me when you walk into a room, Jesus walks in. If you have a relationship with him, Jesus walks in. It's important for us to understand that, that we are ambassadors. We are supposed to represent him wherever we go. But we can't do that if you are still in the way. You cannot do that. And, and you cannot do it without Jesus in your life and the Holy Spirit in your life and walking in obedience to the word of God. Now, I know there are some things in the Bible you don't like. There are some things in the Bible that I wanted to skip over. But it's out of the whole Bible or no Bible. You can't pick and choose what you want to use. You can't rationalize and justify your behavior by taking a verse and then saying, well, the Bible says, Jesus made water to wine so I can drink all I want. (laughs) So he does this, and he says, out of the house of bondage, and he says this. This is it right here. It's a pivotal moment, a profound statement spoken by God that echoes through the centuries and now lands in your lap. You shall have no other gods before me. Small g. Why did he tell them this? Because they come out of a place in which they had a god for everything. Egypt had a god for everything. Everything. You name it, they had a god for it. And there are some of us here that are still worshiping gods, and it's not Jesus. It's small g. It could be that guy you're with. Oh my god, I can't live without him. It could be that girl you're with. Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> it could be you pursuing money. It could be your own self-righteous and your vanity. It could be that nice iPhone you got. No, seriously, when you go home, don't do it now, because you're going to be embarrassed. When you go home, I want you to check out your screen time. If it's more than an hour, your phone is a god. Yeah, that's do that's not. I don't, somebody want to show me their phone? No, no, I don't want to show you my phone, <laughs> right? But think about this. He says this. You shall have no other gods before me. Why? Because God knows that a heart divided lacks commitment. He knows this. And in the word, it says this. got to put these on because, you know, I'm getting older. Matthew 6, verse 24. Jesus says these words. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other or else he'll be loyal to the one and despise the other. You can't love God and mammon. Mammon is just another word for riches, money, right? Clearly, Jesus knows the answer to this. You cannot serve two masters. and God himself says this. You can't have, listen, it's real simple. If you're going to be with me, you can't be with nobody else. That's it. God is saying, you know, I'm a jealous God. And not jealous like you're jealous, because you're crazy jealous. You'd be stalking people, you be following. Not that, not, 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 not that kind of jealous. We're not talking about that kind of jealous. We're, we're talking about this jealousy where God realizes, listen, I have the best for you, but you're not giving me your best. I have the best for you. I know better. I know your past, your present, and your future. I know every hair on your head. I know what you're thinking before you even think. I know where you've been. I know where you've been. I know, you've been. I know what you've done. I still love you, but I want to remind you that, listen, the reason you're in trouble is because you lack commitment to what matters most. And if you're going to be with me, listen, you can't be with anybody else. You just can't. Oh, but you know, you know, I just got to play in the field. You know, I got to make sure I got all, oh, you know, my I's stuck, my T's crossed, you know what I mean? I, just, you know, I'm not ready. Then if you're not ready, get out. If you're not ready, get out. You're hanging out with somebody for seven years and there's no ring on the finger. Yo, what's up with you? Something wrong with both of y'all. <laughs> Serious. Not only that, seven years you've been together. You're giving the wifey privileges, and then you're worrying about, "Oh, pastor, he don't want to marry me." You married already. Simple question. Let's go down the list. You cook, yeah. You clean, yeah. You do laundry, yeah. Sleeping together, yeah. Why would he marry you? Commitment to the things that matter most. Commitment to the things that matter most. God knows. And he's about to take these people to a journey in which he's leading them to a better place, a better life. That old life of mine was not worth it. It wasn't. This new life, like being able to walk the streets and not look over my shoulder, that's a good thing. (laughs) Like really. Like, Like being in a committed relationship for as long as I've been is a miracle of God, (laughs) miracle, being able to raise my kids, miracle, miracle, I'm telling you, miracle, God has given me spiritual children, miracle, I got nothing to do with that, it's Jesus, the answer is always Jesus, where is Christ in your life, or are they competing gods, Are the things you're giving yourself to, the energy is going in that direction and not in this direction. If you want to have an internal impact, then you have to do things that move you closer to God. I always say there are two movements we all make, every single one of us, with every decision, every action, every choice that we make, we're either moving towards God or away from God. You should have no other gods before me. In Luke chapter 10, verse 27, it says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind. Love your neighbor. You love yourself. God wants all of us, every part of your life. The struggle now is you deciding in this year what you will commit yourself to that will take you closer to God or further away. Someone once told me, in fact, there was a Bible study I did the other day for myself, nobody else. I give myself Bible studies, it's important to do that. And the Bible study talked about if you're not feeling close to God, who's moved? If you're feeling like God is not present, like God is not listening to you, God is not answering you, who's moved? Because God hasn't. God is everywhere at all times. You're not inviting him into your moments. You're not seeking him. You're not desiring him. And guys, listen to me. Again, I'm in there with you. There are things that vie for my attention, and i got to decide whether that's what I want to do or is this what I want to do. There are responsibilities I have that God has given me that I have to be able to honor because God has trusted me with it. Not you trusted me with it. And there are things that God is trusting you with. And it's important that you understand that you need to be a good steward of what God has given you. You can't do that if you're serving other gods. Listen, I know that. I've been there. I've experienced that. Other gods require a sacrifice. Other gods require your time, your energy, your finances, your talents. Everything that God has given you for the edification of the church, everything that God has given you for His glory, so you can have eternal impact, you're using to worship other gods. And in doing so, you wonder why you're in this mess, this struggle. The answer is always Jesus. Where is Jesus in your life? Jesus cannot be something that you add to your life to give you flavor. Can't be that. Christ has to be at the center. He's got to be that foundation. He's got to be that anchor for your soul. Because I got to tell you, it's not, it's not if it's going to happen. And this year, stuff will happen. What happened last year to me, I didn't expect it. I didn't see it coming. But God did. And because God did, and because I've made some eternal moves, because God knew it was coming, I was more prepared for it. It Doesn't mean I didn't cry. Doesn't mean I didn't feel the pain. Doesn't mean that I didn't get upset. It just meant that he prepared me more so that I didn't go off the rails here when things happened. I knew where to run to. I knew who to call. I knew who to reach out to. I know what to pray about. I know what to ask God to help me with. You shall have no other gods before me. And God knows that a heart divided lacks commitment. I want to encourage you in this room today to realize that it's important for you to search your heart and and to decide what it is that you're giving your best to. The energy that God has given you, the talent that God has given you, the treasure that God has given you. You know what you're committed to by looking at those things. We know what you're committed to thanks to Jeff Bezos when we go on your Amazon account and realize how many purchases you've made. I want to encourage you guys to understand there are some things that I want to help you do this year that's going to help you get closer to Christ. There are a few things going on here that I want to encourage you. There are a couple of Bible studies that are happening regularly. Regularly. On Thursdays at 6 p.m., there's a flyer. You can put it up there, please. Guys, write this down. Write this down because on Thursday, we're getting together as men, diving into God's Word, and trying to find out what God has to say about what it looks like to be a man today. Now, this is not a, I'm trying to offend anybody. We're all males, but we're not all men. Man of God looks like something. So this is something that's going to help you commit every Thursday at six p.m. And by the way, I can literally count one, two, three, four, five, maybe five guys in this room attend that. Now I got other people that show up from different places, Maine and you know uh, Missouri. Like we got guys who come on, but there are literally maybe four or five guys in this room that show up. All the rest of you haven't. Commitment. The women have a prayer line that you know you can get on to. It's a Bible study, right? Rosalind is faithful, shows up all the time. Uh, the women also. It's in your bulletin. There's a beautiful uh, insert in your bulletin today to give you this information as well. Take a look at it. Open it up. It's there. And then on Mondays, every single Monday, until God comes. There is a Bible study that everybody's invited to. And guess what we're studying this time around? Ten Commandments. <laughs> Ten Commandments. And we're going through it. I think we're at number five now, right? You can come on anytime because each one is done individually. You can come on anytime, Guys, commitment looks like something. The other thing is, a lot of you are here that I haven't seen for a while. That concerns me. Because you decided, man, I'm just going to go to church today. And it's good that you're here. We welcome you. We're glad that you're here. But going to church on Sundays is just not enough. And am I going to see you next week? Two movements. There are things we can do to get closer to God, and there are things you can do to move further away. Commit to showing up every Sunday. In fact, write your name on your chair. Only kidding. Only kidding. Show up. Show up every single Sunday. Sit here. Open your ears so you can hear. Let your heart be nestled by the word of God. Let us love you until you can love yourself. Let us help you through this process of growing in Christ. Drawing one of the Bible studies. Guys, it's in the comfort of your own home. You could be in your PJs or, yes, or your car, (laughs) right? You have people who are in their car driving that way. So I want to encourage you guys to do that, to be a part of that. A heart divided last commitment. It's either all in or we're not all in.